Section 15 of Neighbourhood A Year's Life in and About an English Village by Tickner Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 August Part 1 Old Runridge's misadventure in wedlock has proved a trouble to more people than one in Windlecombe. In former years, though boating parties from the town were continually to be seen on the river when the August holiday season began, they seldom pulled up at our ferry stairs. From the waterside, the village had a somewhat inhospitable look, while a mile farther on, there were the North Woods, Stavisham's traditional picnicking ground, where, at the gamekeeper's cottage, all were sure of a welcome. Such wandering holiday-makers as found their way into Windlecombe came usually by road, and were of the tranquil, undemonstrative breed, like pedestrians all the world over there would seem to be something about sitting long hours in a rowing boat which is detrimental even debasing to a certain common variety of human nature the tendency to run and shout and skylark on reaching dry ground again appears to be irresistible to this numerous class and it is at mrs runridge's door that we must lay the blame of submitting Windlecombe to a pestilent innovation. Look ye, said the old ferryman from his seat in the boat, waving a scornful hand towards his garden, as I chanced along the river bank one fine Saturday afternoon. Twere me as painted un, and me as put un up jest for peace's sake. But I'd ha taken and chucked un in the river if I'd only ha knowed what sort of piece had come on it. A great whiteboard reared itself on ungainly legs above the elder hedge of the garden, and on it, in huge irregular characters, appeared the single word Tease. By the side of the ferry punt, half a dozen town rowing boats lay moored and from the green depths of the garden there arose a confusion of voices shrill laughter and an incessant clatter of crockery i had hardly realised what it all meant when mrs runridge showed a vast white apron and a hot perspiring face in the gateway she bore down upon us with upraised hand as though she intended bodily harm to one or both here joe cried she giving the old ferryman a coin change for half a sovereign and sharp's the word try the thatchers or mist weevily or belike don't sit staring there loony dear o oh lor was there ever such a man and us all run purty nigh off our legs as we be the seventh time gasped runridge as we hurried together up the steep street or like as not the eighth i dunno and at bein as though i wanted money money 
the bed bein't fit for christian folk to sleep on with the lumps in it and to-morrow it'll be worse if tis fine lor send a earthquake or noah's flood or summat when a naturally silent man attempts self-commiseration in words his case is sure to be a desperate one but we are all fated to share in his trouble now on any fine saturday or sunday in the month runridge will be a familiar figure hunting down from door to door the change that in villages is so scanty and so hard to discover on mondays we shall all suffer from our foolish kindness in allowing this reckless exportation of bullion only susan angel at the sweetstuff shop and her small customers will be unincommoded for the handful of battered farthings that has served them as currency during whole decades past will be necessarily saved by its insignificance and will remain no doubt in the village for service amidst generations yet unborn but disturbing visitors to windlecombe do not all come by the river there is an iniquitous jobmaster in stavisham who has long had the village in his evil eye and at intervals fortunately rare he descends upon us with sharabangs drawn by three horses and filled with heterogeneous human gleanings the flotsam and jetsam of holiday land strayed for the day into stavisham from contiguous seaside towns they come in families in amorous couples in collective friendships of each sex and every number and age they bring baskets of provisions cameras balls wherewith to play rounders on the green and of musical instruments many weird kinds concertinas mouth organs babies and often yapping terriers that set all our own dogs frantic on their chains an altruist whose convictions have grown up amidst the quiet slow neighbourliness of the country never finds his principles less easy of application than when he must attune himself to the holiday moods of people escaped from the town there is no harm in all the shouting and laughter and fatuous horseplay inebriety is practically extinct among those who make summer the season and the country the scene of their year's brief merry-making and yet it all seems mistaken reprehensible on the same principle that a blunder is worse than a crime it is futile to tell him so unless he already knows it and then it is equally unnecessary but when the day-tripper learns to enjoy himself on the green countryside in the true spirit for which the sun was made to shine and the flowers to grow he will have found the philosopher's stone that is to change not mere lead and iron but time and life themselves into gold 
on most mornings in august the more careful of us will go about thrusting greasy paper scraps out of sight under bushes flicking the incongruous yellow of banana peel into obscure corners lamenting stripped boughs and marvelling at nosegays thrown heedlessly away as if the joy of them had lain in the mere plucking but all the strange folk that use the village for their pleasuring at this time do not leave these unlovely tokens behind them only yesterday as i sat on the edge of the old worked-out riverside chalk pit here whence you have a view north and south of the glittering water for miles there came a new sound in the air and i must throw aside my sheaf of galley proofs to listen the sound came from the river and was still afar off many voices were joined in singing one of the old catch songs which go round a circle of three or four phrases and to which there is never an end until you make an end of its beginning in slow time the sweet medley grew louder and clearer and presently there was united to it the rhythmic plash of oars a great tarry old sea-boat came round the water's bend holding a party of a dozen or so at last the labouring craft and the music came to a halt together and the singers clambered ashore i should have forgotten all about them now for they soon passed out of sight amid the waterside foliage but as i was coming homeward up the village street i heard the voices again and there under the seven sisters on the green the little company were standing together singing apparently for their own solace and delight it was a strange thing here in unemotional england and many of the village folk had been drawn wonderingly to their doors yet the singers did not seem to remark this nor to regard their action as anything out of the common for the song finished they broke into several parties and sauntered on talking quietly amongst themselves as if to make music were part of the daily conversation of their lives all that afternoon from the quiet of my garden i heard the voices at intervals and from different points about the village near and far once i saw the party right on the top of windle hill strolling about in twos and threes looking like foraging crows on the heights after a while i saw them get together in a little circle and then right at the ears tip i could just catch the higher notes of their singing a strange wild song much like the song of the larks that must be contending with them up there against the blue sky the last i saw of this mysterious company was at sunset from my perch over the chalk pit again they had already embarked when i arrived and had got their little ship well under way 
the oars were dipping steadily to the same old catch song that had brought them hither there was still a faint throbbing echo of white sand and grey sand upon the air long after the sun had plunged and the pale half-moon was beginning to enter a timid silver protest against the lingering crimson in the sky near upon half a century i have lived in the world and cannot yet say of the wind whether i hate it or love it most it is a dilemma that comes only to the dweller in the country for in a town no sane man can be in two minds on the matter with a careering mephitic dust choking up all organs of perception and the risk of being cloven to the chine by a roof slate or lassoed by a loose electric wire no one can think of wind hot or cold without heartily wishing it gone but in the country though for my old enemy the northeast wind i have nothing but fear and detestation at all seasons warm gales whether in winter or summer come as often in friendly as in inimical guise like certain of the hindu gods the wind must be content to be treated according to the outcome of its activities and receive laudation or revilement as this prove fair or foul all through to-day the south-west wind has been volleying up the coombe and everywhere in the village there has been a hubbub of slamming doors and rattling casements and the flack and clutter of linen drying on the garden lines people fought their way step by step down the hill against the wind and tripped lightly up it the oldest and feeblest forced into a smart jog-trot aprons were blown over faces and hats snatched off at corners the trees overshadowing the village have been lashing together and roaring out a deep continuous song the three thatchers on the inside each with a gilded hod of straw have been flashing signals up to my window every time the sun broke through the flying storm rack and a hundred times in the long day some riding witch of a rain-cloud has tried to drench us but each time the south-west gale has seized it by the tattered skirts and chevied it away over the hills before it could shed a dozen drops but it has been a good wind all through and fine heartening weather and i have been glad to be abroad in it whenever i could spare or steal an hour said the old vicar as we climbed up windle hill together this morning his long white beard flowing out before him as he lay back on the blast i know what you would have done if i had let you choose the way you would have struck deep into the woods like the butterflies and missed all the healthy buffeting of it but there is only one place for a man to-day and that is on the open down 
it never pays in the long run in life to study how to keep out of the way of hard knocks the sunshine raced ahead of us vaulted the hilltop and was gone a scatter of warm rain drove out of the grey heaven i turned up my coat collar just in time to intercept the returning sun true said i but the good of hard knocks depends not on their frequency but on the profit you extract from them i get and keep designedly as much of this as i can so a little goes a long way with me and i love the quiet and stillness of the deep wood when the wind is roaring out in the open if we had gone there to-day we should have found the rose bay willow herbs in full bloom and more butterflies upon them than you could find in a week elsewhere besides the ups in life are just as good for one as the downs i can admire the old scotch pine that clings to the bare hilltop through a century of winter storms but i must not be inconsiderate of the lilies End of section 15